You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 11, Episode 2, titled, Good God Girl, Get Out! My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one scurrilous co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Upless! You earn everything! <laughs> the Taylor... <laughs> The Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor Latte Boy. Hello, Joseph. How are you this morning, afternoon, I'm, evening, whenever this is? I'm doing very, very well. But, you know, everyone here came to listen to our recap of RuPaul's Drag Race, so let's get to it. Sounds good. This week, Scarlett is disappointed she didn't win the last challenge. The girls play a round of Fuck, Mary Kill. The girls participate in a celebrity photobombing mini-challenge. Try their hands at an acting challenge. Watch RuPaul act as Queen Shitster. Silky confronts her fellow queens. Evie and Raja come for each other. Mercedes talks about being on the no-fly list and having a stroke and lives to tell the tale. And Bobby Moynihan struts the catwalk with the girls during Untucked. On the main stage, both Scarlett Envy and Evie Oddly were named the winners of the challenge while Mercedes Iman Diamond and Kahana Montrese were both placed in the bottom. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Mercedes lived to fly another day, while Kahana was asked to sashay away. Tale of the Latte Boy, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I want to mix things up. I want you to go first on this. I did go first. I went last night. Obviously, we didn't listen to the... Uh, no, I don't response. ever listen to the first response. I don't listen to it until after we tape because I don't want to be uh, – there have been times that I have listened to it and I have – I've been swayed by your opinion on things. Well, here's the funny thing now, Taylor. I'm going to tell you this is a good time to promote this. The first response has changed for this season. So what is going to be – I'm going to give up to two things I liked and the one thing I didn't on the first response. And then I'm going to talk about a topic that uh, – sort of a bigger topic of the episode. So last night I focused on the prominence of Silky Ganache in the episodes and how they need her to re- – they need to rely on Silky because the episodes, for, for the most part, are pretty boring. Okay. I, that was something that I realized watching this – I just finished watching this episode again about an hour ago. Yeah. And my thought had been the producers must be thanking God for Silky right now. Yes. Because if if not for her, there'd be nothing to talk about. And we have um, and, and and we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this now after you give your, your two things you liked and one thing you didn't. But okay. um I, I am very puzzled by something on Reddit. But go ahead. Okay. I will say this. Mm-hmm. I will make this statement. Sure. About the episode Good God Girl Get Out. Mm-hmm. Season 11, episode two of RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm -hmm. This might have been my least favorite episode of the series ever. Really? Yes. This episode, at one point, after they did both of the present, after they did both of the movies, I got up because I needed a set of fingernail clippers Mm -hmm. because I was, I was biting my nails Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and I had a hangnail. And I got up and I went into the bedroom and I saw the clock next to my bed and it said 9.35. And I said out loud, you have to be fucking kidding me. Mm-hmm. To which Babalu thought something was wrong and said, what's wrong? And I said, it's only been 35 minutes. And he went, no, it hasn't. It's It's got to be after 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I went, no, it's 9.35. We are not even halfway done at this episode. Mm-hmm. Just it just a horrible episode from storyline to challenges to looks to everything was just and as bad as this was we'll we'll get to untucked later. Um the only thing that I could come up with that I actually liked and enjoyed was actually I'll take I'll say two things. One, Michelle and Ross directing together was fun watching them laugh at all of the queens. They seem to be having a good time and enjoying enjoying that. Um, the other thing off the top of my head would be RuPaul's look for the runway. Mm-hmm. The African-inspired one off the shoulder. Considering how lousy she looked last week, I thought this week was definitely a glow up. And I thought that she looked much better. I like, on the one hand, I like that she's experimenting with new silhouettes. Mm-hmm. last week was a misstep i thought this one was was great i thought she looked beautiful mm-hmm. um something i did not like was the entire episode going to rupaul very roxy roker realness which is going to totally age me and i'm, I'm <laughs> and it was funny you even know exactly who she is too i know who roxy roker is i loved roxy roker so she was my fa- she was one of my favorite characters on that show the show is the jeffersons yes. which first of all i wasn't no sure one. if you were going to try to quiz or no 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 i, I know you know it um, also known as Lenny Kravitz's mom. Yes. But uh, she played the neighbor, Mrs. Willis, who was married to a white guy on the Jeffersons. As a, Even as a little kid, I just thought she was fierce and beautiful. Yes. Yes. Very, very beautiful. And if you ever see Lenny Kravitz's video th- for Thinking of You, mm-hmm. it's him with there's large, like, it's almost like they're doing a slideshow behind of pictures of her from, like, the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And as beautiful as she was in the 70s, she was gorgeous in the 60s. Beautiful, beautiful, perfect skin. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so so here's my take. I didn't hate the episode as much as you did. I just felt it was a very, very, very paint by the numbers. We've seen this episode a thousand times yes. on this show. We have yes. seen it. I could have as the sec. I mean. The photobombing challenge we've seen before, this particular acting challenge. Now, I will say this. On the second viewing, I actually – because when I watched it last night, I hated both Why I Gotta Be Black Panther and Good God, Girl, Get Out. Okay? I hated both. They're yes. both dumb. I will say in the second viewing, Good God, Girl, Get Out is actually pretty good. It was better. It was the better of the two. Not by much, but if you had to pick one, that was definitely – if they were going by teams – that one would have won. Well, I think Plus, the they also set better. up that narrative with the whole thing of where, as soon as they said Brooklyn, as soon as Brooklyn said, "Oh, well, they got Silky as their captain," there's no way that's going to be good because of her personality. You knew that that was going to be the better of the two. Oh, you could see the beats coming from a million when 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 Scarlet said they don't know what they think. One of two things was going to happen with Scarlet: she was going to be in the bottom or she's going to be in the top. But when yeah. Scarlet said they made a mistake. Not picking me, like everything by the numbers, everything, and I didn't know. It, we're gonna. I mean, obviously, we're gonna break this episode down. Here's the part yeah. that has puzzled me, Taylor. Okay. So there are s- several main RuPaul's Drag Race 
subreddits. Okay, there's the main one, RuPaul, R, you know, reddit.com slash r slash RuPaul's Drag Race. There's also Spoil Drag Race that only discusses spoilers. Mm-hmm. And those two I'm going to talk about right now, across the board, without any sort of alternate viewpoint, they were over the moon about this episode. They love this episode. Some people are saying it's one of their favorite episodes from the entire series. Okay. Why? I I think I have some guesses that we'll talk about. But okay. um that appeal to like the the those people. So I was like, am I missing something here? So I even texted Patreon co-host Evan Ayers to because you know I was thinking maybe I knew you hated it already because you you sent me a text message saying you wanted to kill yourself. So <laughs> I already knew your opinion. So I maybe that was just a cry for help. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did respond with the phone number to the suicide prevention hotline. So right. I texted Evan because maybe there's an, there's an age difference here. And Evan's, you know, in his 20s. Evan, I go, well, how would you rate it? He said a five. Then today I spoke to my best friend, Michael, who's 25. Mm-hmm. And said, what were your thoughts on the episode? He's like, ugh, it was so boring. He goes, my boyfriend was just looking at his phone the whole time. And, and he goes, I was just thought it was the most boring episode ever. I go, thank you. These must. And so I have a theory. Here's my theory. Okay. Like once again, I want I wanted to be known again before for everyone who's listening. I didn't hate the episode. I just thought it was extraordinarily blase. I didn't want blase the right word. Just milk toast. The standard, if it just so, there was nothing exciting about it whatsoever. You know, for me to say I hate it would actually give it a degree of excitement. If that makes any sense. Okay. So it's just I feel I I will not remember this episode. Definitely by the end of the season. Okay. Okay. It was so milk toast. But my theory is, is, and people are already, there's people who feel this way. They've told me that they don't like the cast. Okay. I don't have an opinion on the cast so far. But I feel that what we're seeing, you know, obviously Reddit's RuPaul's Drag Race main subreddit. Those are big fans of the show, and they're the ones who are going to weigh in. They're they're inclined with if they're going if they're going to a subreddit to give their opinions, they're going to have strong feelings, and those strong feelings in this case tend to go to the positive because there's not enough really to hate here, but they go to the positive. And I think, and the same thing with Spoiled Drag Race, they're such they're such hardcore fans that they want to know everything that's going to happen and all the behind the scenes tea. So these are big hardcore fans, and I think that they are trying to will it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, did you ever see those interviews with the hardcore Star Wars fans after episode one came out? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen those interviews? Yeah. Yeah, where they're like, they're, it's old news clips. You can find them on YouTube where the news, you know, the, the local news channels go to the m- local movieplex and ask people, hardcore Star Wars fans who stood in line to see the be the first one to see it at midnight, episode one, Phantom Menace. What do they think? And they're like, it was good, yeah. Uh-huh, I really <laughs> liked it. Yeah, you know, George Lucas. And you're like, oh, they, they they hated this thing, right? And I kind of feel it's the same thing here. Because then if you go to another subreddit called RPDR Tyranny, T-E-A-R-A-N-N-Y, like Tyranny. Yeah. Those people are much more, they consider themselves much more intellectual, uh, very serious uh, observers of the show, and on okay. that post sub discussion, 
it's much more nuanced. In fact, the top post mirrors nearly identically with how I feel about that episode. Okay? Nearly identically, like, the top post is echoes everything that I feel about the episode and about the cast and about everything that's in the episode. And so... I think right now what you're seeing in the in the in the internet on the internet is that people are loving it, but I don't know if they really love it. I feel there'd be a backlash because if Silky Ganache wasn't on this episode, I don't know what they would have fucking done. Everything and I said this on the first response yesterday. Everything that was memorable about this episode in some way related to Silky Ganache. Even the fight between Evie and uh, uh Ra- what is it? Raja. Raja centered essentially around Silky. Okay? So, um, so anyway, uh, uh, even then, they still revolved around Silky. Does that make yeah. sense? So, I think that if Silky wasn't there, whether you love her or hate her, this show would be in the toilet. Give your thoughts, Tina the Latte Boy. No, I agree. I agree with that. I realized that as I was straightening up my desk, waiting for us to start taping, that I thought, well, if she wasn't there, there would have been nothing. The only thing you would have had would have been a couple of minutes of Mercedes talking about being on the no-fly zone and yeah. having had a stroke. Um, it, there isn't this cast worries me mm-hmm. this cat and i also get that there's still 14 of them but they keep showing queens that i forget are there mm-hmm. and and not just one or two like five or six of them mm-hmm. that i mean i i just don't remember and i don't know who anybody is mm-hmm. i feel like there i feel like there's times that i don't understand what anybody's saying mm-hmm. um that's because you're old but well, yeah, I th- but it sounds like it's, it almost sounds like there's issues with microphones at times where people's their voices sound like they're caught under a piece of fabric or they're like they've got their heads down in a weird way or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just not it's it, the show. It I'm so worried for this season. Well, the and I, again, I said this on the on the first response last night that the show itself isn't doing itself any favors by in it, last night having two challenges. uh well, not two challenges, but the acting challenge and the work and the and the runway, which essentially covered the girls up. So you you need this time to get that facial recognition, and yeah. and they were in full costume in the acting challenge, so you couldn't tell who was whom. And uh, and same thing with the with the with the the with the runway challenge, which I have a lot of thoughts about the runway challenge too. As much as I liked it as a concept, uh, can I can I say what I think? Yes. I, they should have assigned each yes. girl a different side rather than do because they had like three Aries, two Pisces. Yeah, no, I and I, no I thought cancers the same thing. and no Virgos and no. Um, there's a cut. There's like three or four that didn't even make the cut. Yeah, I feel like I I agree with everything you're saying. I think it would be in Drag Race's best interest to completely turn flip the script for season 12 Mm -hmm. and do something completely unexpected and completely different from what they've done. We've seen all of these before. Maybe you keep in snatch game. Maybe you keep in the reading challenges because those are always two big draws, but I would love to see a season with no acting challenges where I would see a season that is uh, 
makeover heavy as far as design challenges or photo challenges. You know, I want to see as you know, one of the things that I loved prior to Drag Race and one of the th- reasons that Drag Race did so well in the beginning was it was really kind of a combination slash parody of top model and project runway. Almost getting back to those roots because you see the queens when they're talking, and this is an issue I had with last week's episode, they know what to expect. And they know that when they're talking, they're showing them being very open to that they know the way the cameras are going to read this. You know, at one point, Kahana made a statement like, well, I've only got two sentences. And what was Scarlett's response? Yeah, but you've seen this before. If you just sell those two, then you'll be the one who wins. That's that's I have a problem with that, that they're going into this feeling like they know what's going to happen on Untucked. One of them said, girl, we're all untucked. This is what you do. We fight on Untucked. That's that's not the point of this. The point should be, you know, and I also get that it's very producer driven, but it takes any sort of organic mystery out of it or that you you like you know the illusion of organic conversations if they're going in the middle of the conversations going well this is what we do on untucked or mm-hmm. you know what you got to do just sell those two sentences and then i i i take umbrage with that and i'm worried that if this is the way this is going to be for the season that i'm people are not going to like me by the end of the season because i'm going to be the guy that you'll get emails about going why is taylor on the show if he hates drag race yeah, but you know what I've learned over the season, over the the years that I've done this, and um, is I like to read the Reddit threads. But ultimately, what I think the that's a short term thing to do is to read the Reddit threads and see what you know tap into the zeitgeist. But I think that's not always the most accurate thing to do. So stick to stick to what you believe. I think it always pays off with this show. Not you necessarily, but like like I I was worried that I thought this was boring, and I checked in, but like. You can't always trust the Reddit threads. All right, well, let's move on. We have to actually break down the show. Uh, we, we took a long time here, so why don't we take a break, and we'll be back right after this. All right, we're back. After Soju's elimination, the girls walk back into the workroom to remove their drag. As Kahana wipes off Soju's mirror message, the girls remark about Soju's gross reveal about her cyst. Afterwards, everyone congratulates Brooklyn Heights for her maxi-challenge win. Scarlet, during a confessional, shows her envy towards Brooke, and it isn't cute. Tato the Latte Boy is Scarlet Envy being set up to be the villain. I think she's, I don't know, the villain... I mean, I'm still getting kind of a Pearl vibe from her of where mm-hmm. she's just sort of this where we're going we're going to make faces and we're going to make side eyes. But I don't know that she's going to be outwardly the villain. Um, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think we th- we think a lot about ourselves and we seem very full of ourselves. And that could be to some that's sort of endearing because she's the she's the pretty boy. But I think to other people, it's just going to be annoying. Yeah, it's tough because um, I think in a lot of ways people were rooting for her and she did win and she, you know, she redeemed herself with that last place uh, pick. And, you know, people can relate to being, you know, especially if you're gay, being picked last for a sports team. But I think, though, she didn't she didn't do herself any any favors with that weird sort of jealousy of Brooklyn Heights. And, oh, everyone's going to she was talking like a villain in the in the top of the show. And uh, I don't know if that's going to do anyone any favor or do herself any favors for going forward. I wonder where the storyline's going. Very curious to know where the storyline's going with Scarlet um, Envy. Um, it seems. Well, do, do, go ahead. I I guess I don't get 
I don't remember there being anything in the first episode that would have led her to be the last one picked on this episode. That could, I mean, uh, somebody has to be picked last. So was it maybe that she no, just yeah. hadn't connected no, with the I, girls? I, I think what it was, yeah, exactly. I this is why I think Scarlet and maybe Scarlet could have had a conversation. I mean, the girls who picked them are right there. I think the girls were actually being smart because RuPaul says at the top of the sh- at, of the challenge, she says, uh, you know, two films came out that you know really t- spoke to the black experience or something like that 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 you know that were really big hits, and. And then she announced that one's got girl, one is called Good God Girl, Get Out, and the other one is called, you know, Why Gotta Be Black Panther, giving you a hint that's going to be about diversity. It's a very diverse cast. I think uh, Brooke picked Nina because Brooke and Nina are like basically sisters. So she's going to pick her first, right? They've known each other before the competition. But then every other pick after that for Brooke was a person of color and. Uh, Silky went down person of color down the line until it was the last two white girls picked. I think it was a smart strategic thing because they realized that the challenge was going to be about people of color. So mm-hmm. the white people are obviously going to lose in that one because they they need to build up their team of people of color. Yeah. But How many think, white queens are there this season? I think it's only those three. Is right? it only those three? Okay. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's just Nina, Brooke, and... Um, Ariel and Scarlet. So four. Oh, so four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, and then uh, what did you think about Do you think that it came up several times? Do you think they're trying to make this Soju's cyst a thing here on the show? Yes. Yes, it is. Very, this is, as of right now, the Miss Vanjie mm-hmm. of this season. Um, the fact that they were all, they all definitely jumped on this. We're sisters and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. Yeah. That's definitely something that will run its course and then it will much like the infection that goes along with the cyst hopefully it will run its run its course and uh then it will be um it'll be brought up at the reunion Mm -hmm. that that'll be where soju will talk about her cyst and how her cyst is doing yeah and then it'll it's just be it'll just become part of the vernacular do you, okay, here's my question for you, Finale. Is it a question RuPaul asks, or do you think it's an audience question? Where it's like, no, it's- oh, look who's in the audience. Hey, Tatiana. Hi, RuPaul. Thank you. <laughs> um, Bob from Nashville, Tennessee wants a new, no, Soju. How's your cyst? <laughs> do you think it's going to be like that? Uh, No, because I don't think that they will go. They won't start that early with if she's the first one to go in the first one interview. Oh, wait, they, they don't won't do, have the, they also don't do those interviews anymore. They only do the tops now. Yeah, no, I th- there will be something where when she's being introduced, when they have Michelle Visage doing the interviews, everyone's favorite sister. So oh, yeah. be that. And then there'll be a statement that's made where RuPaul, when RuPaul's interviewing her and Kahana and whoever the next one is, because usually in the beginning they do them in groups of three. No, they don't do that anymore. They don't do the interviews at all? No. They just only do uh, the um, the top three or four. Uh, oh, that's eight. right, because yeah. they do everything at the reunion now. Yeah. Well, at the reunion, when they do the reunion, there that's will be a comment. That's when they do it, yeah. That's when they have it. They, Ru they will it ask a question about it, like... You know, did you think your cyst would take off or something much like with yeah. Vanjie last year? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, that'll, and that'll be the only time Soju talks the entire reunion. Yeah, exactly. 
all right, let's move on. The next day, the girls walk back into the workroom and gather around a work table to play a totally impromptu game of Fuck, Mary Kill. Silky puts Kahana on the spot, and, he, and Kahana says he would both bang and kill Silky. At this point, nearly the entire cast chimes in that they would all kill Silky. Next, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini-challenge, a celebrity photobomb. RuPaul played photographer as the girls each set up their scene with the celebrity they would be photobombing. Silky Ganache got totally nude whilst running in front of Tom Brady, while Brooke spread her legs Katya-style in front of President Macron and company. Those two were named the winners of the challenge, which gave them an edge in the next challenge. Finally, RuPaul announced this week's maxi-challenge. The girls will be acting in their own send-ups of recent big hit films. The first is called Good God Girl Get Out and the second is titled Why Gotta Be Black Panther as the winners of the challenge Silky and Brooke were able to pick the two teams the teams broke down as follows Team Brooke Nina West Raja O'Hara Honey Davenport Sugar Kane Plastic Tiara and Ariel Versace Team Silky consisted of Akaria Banji Mercedes Evie Oddly Kahana Montrese and Scarlet Envy uh, let's stop here for a second. I don't have a, 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 a talk break, but I've talked enough. What were your thoughts? Let's let's actually first of all on the on the fuck Mary kill game they played around the table. Did you have any big thoughts there, Taylor? I thought it was a cute idea to do that. Um, something something we actually haven't seen before when they're all standing around talking. Mm-hmm. Whether that was whispered in somebody's ear or not to do that, mm-hmm. um, but it, th- that it turned into Silky says I'm going to play this game, and when she wasn't the first one picked for something, immediately starts screaming. But what about me? I can make fried chicken, bitch. Mm-hmm. And th- then that kind of the tables turned on her, where everybody said they wanted to kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I would be curious to see something like that incorporated somehow into a future challenge of some sort interesting now let me ask you this question of the cast who would you fuck marry and kill okay i would fuck all right well this kind of speaks to something that i was going to talk about in the segment so i would fuck vanji mm-hmm. for reasons i want to get into in a moment yeah. i would marry nina because mm-hmm. i think nina's cute and I would kill Silky. <laughs> I would. Hmm. This is a funny one. This is a this is a crazy one. I'm torn on the fuck. I would say I would fuck Evie Oddly. I would marry Brooklyn Heights. Oh no! I think I would marry Plastique. Sorry, scratch that. I okay. would marry Plastique Tiara and kill Silky. Okay. Are they called Kilky now? Now Kilky. Now uh Okay, very good. Now uh, now remember now, now the mini challenge. Did you have any strong thoughts on the mini challenge? We've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um I don't get why everybody with the photo bombing had to look crazy and mm-hmm. cracked out. Yeah. Um that just seemed it seemed easy mm-hmm. to me. You know, there was only one or two girls that tried to do something a little bit where they tried to be a little more glamorous. Mm-hmm. But I, I, the, the whole the whole thing just felt like a, an excuse to kind of embarrass the queens, to mm-hmm. make them have all these stupid, make all these stupid faces and do all these things. Which, you know, props to Silky for getting naked and going big or going home. I, what does I will it say give... when you're Silky Ganache and you can get naked and they don't have to blur anything out at all? <laughs> that thought went through my head, too. Uh-huh. Um, it's but it's. Good for her. Good for her for being able to do that. And honestly, of all of them, though, I thought hers was the funniest in that she was covering up 
Tom Brady's face with the sheet. Yeah. So yeah. as she as she kind of pushed it off. So in that regards, that one won. I feel like there was somebody that was a little better than Brooklyn, mm-hmm. though I can't remember who it was at this point. Mm-hmm. But it was hers was just sort of okay. You know, it wasn't until you said the Katya with the leg spread, especially with the blonde bob, yeah. that I feel like okay, that is something that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it. It's again, this is something we've seen them do. I want to see something different. And did you have anything to say about the way that the the maxi challenge broke down? What it was? It was the acting challenge with the two themes, and and we're going to talk about the actual finished products when we get to them. But just the actual set about the concept. Well, okay, it is kind of odd to me that it felt more like, I guess the why it got to be Black Panther felt like there was a lot of like Nina West as a, um what do you call it as like a, as as a guard or whatever, where Mm -hmm. she's this like big towering white woman, but it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be all about the equivalent of Wakanda and stuff. And there was parts of it that it made me cringe a little bit that there was white Queens talk about, about talking about a movie where there's only really two white skinned actors. So that whole thing, I get that they're limited by, you know, they can't remove the white queens from the challenges. But yeah, but, it, but you're, you're making a good point here because what I probably would have done to be smart is made the Draconda people all the black queens and the people of color and then p- cast myself as the villain. Yeah. And then maybe – and then and we're going to get to this when I get to the workroom challenge is also maybe cast the other white queen as the guard. Yeah, it just – it felt – but this is where you see favoritism because Brooke's obviously giving herself the starring role and she's giving her best friend, Nina West, the other big role. Yeah. Um, I. So we're going to talk about the individual projects momentarily, right? In a second, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing why I said I would fuck Vanjie. Yeah. When they show Vanjie in confessional, yeah. Vanjie is painted to the gods where she's clearly got on foundation and she's mm-hmm. definitely wearing makeup. Mm-hmm. You know, with her swoopy hair and her shave sides and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And sure. she's kind of cute. Sure. When they were all sitting around trying to figure out what parts they were going to play and mm-hmm. she was wearing the fur coat, mm-hmm. she had on a minimal amount of makeup, mm-hmm. if any. Mm-hmm. And she was so fucking hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's just kind of where she didn't have her hair in the big swoop. It kind of was sort of brushed back. If you go back and watch that, when they show where she's got where they did the overlay of all the math equations around her head, yeah. when she was trying to figure out her lines, mm-hmm. there was something about that that she definitely we had butch queen we, butch queen realness right then, and I was just thinking to myself, oh, you're somebody that would have walked through the cafeteria in college that I would have sat and watched, you know, what creepily from across the room because I would have had a big crush on you. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, Evan and I have been saying this forever, and you told us that she didn't do it for you. Thank you. For Vanjie? hmm Well, and, and Vanjie, I mean, Vanjie's not my first choice normally, but she she's definitely cuter this season than she was on her one episode for last season. Mm-hmm. And also, I am appreciating her personality more. You know, we talked about the fact that she was slightly, she was a little more extra last episode Mm -hmm. and we were concerned, or I was concerned about that, Mm -hmm. but she seems to be getting into the comfort zone a little bit more now. Mm -hmm. So I'm enjoying watching her Mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. So that definitely plays a role, but just, I guess, seeing her in this where she's kind of this little stocky kind of cute 
I, just there's something about it that I was like, ooh. And then that was really like the only time that I was just like, oh, you're really hot. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, I thought in the we'll talk about Good God Girl Get Out, but she was fun to watch to some degree in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm I'm enjoying Vanjie more than I did last season for one episode, and then the Miss Vanjie meme that kind of ran through the entire season. All right, let's move on here. Uh, okay, in the workroom on Team Brooke, Plastique agrees to take on the role of a stereotypical Asian nail salon worker. Meanwhile, on Team Silky, Scarlet is happy she has a lot of lines, while Kahana is upset she doesn't have a lot of lines. Don't worry, Scarlet tells... Wait, no, I read that wrong. Don't worry. Scarlet tells Kahana that having a lot of lines isn't important. Meanwhile, Vanjie is confused, and the editors make use of a well-known meme to illustrate her confusion. Later, RuPaul enters the workroom to visit the two teams. While visiting with Team Brooke, Ariel Versace makes it known that she finds Silky Ganache to be very extra. The team chimes in and rats out Silky for her extra behavior. This amuses Ru to no end, and he immediately walks over to Team Silky, where Ru proceeds to both find out that Silky plans to get her PhD and also reveals to Silky what the other team has been saying. This leaves the team worried that Silky might be in her own head. Taylor Lottie Boy, what were your thoughts on... uh, everything team brooke here in the workroom uh with did you do you think let me ask you this and i'm I'm curious i'm i'm a i'm a curious um did you think it was sort of racist for brooke to cast the asian girl as a stereotypical vietnamese nail salon worker yeah i did um i struggle with this one i what i struggle with it I struggle with it just because it's not like where she just said, oh, you should do this. She said she recognized that there was a little bit of racism to it. But part of drag is kind of pushing boundaries and that sort of thing. And Plastique seemed okay with it. Plastique didn't see. And I have a feeling that if she said, no, I'm not going to do that, that it would hopefully it would have been dropped. Yeah. Um, The the idea of uh, Plastique's portrayal was funny and cringy all at the same time. Mm-hmm. There was so where you sort of was like, I, I, I'm laughing at this, but I feel like I shouldn't be laughing at this. Mm-hmm. And that that's sort of the that that that's one of the challenges that I have with these some of these acting challenges. I'm sort of of two minds. You know, it's one of these things. You're right. Plastique. Not only was Plastique fine with it, she was happy about it because she saw it as a way for her to uh, break herself off from the group and really show off her skills. And to really, you know, uh, show off her talents, you know, yeah. that she didn't think could have been seen. So obviously yeah. she appreciated the opportunity to do that and she took it and she ran with it and was a big hit. Obviously, it, it, we don't want to perpetuate stereotypes, but one, the show in the past has a history of doing it to, across the board to all cultures. And that's sort of the thing of drag is drag is about explo- exploding or exaggerating uh what we think of not only of femininity but of race and of sexuality and of gender and really pushing it to its edge and that's where the humor comes from that's where a lot of it is and and there we're seeing sort of the growing pains of drag shifting into the mainstream and i was having a conversation about this i think on the air with somebody where you're seeing a sort of pushback against drag going into the mainstream where people there now you're seeing now a sub you know, a subversive form of drag now coming out uh, because as, as a response to drag going into the mainstream. And so um, 
I don't have a problem with it, but I could see how people would have a problem with it. However, I think at the end of the day, it's just drag. Um, well, and I think that that's part of the issue is that a couple of years ago, I would have thought this was funny, no problem. Yeah. But as we've seen people get more easily offended by things or pointing out things that are quote unquote problematic or that sort of thing, it, it as a viewer, mm-hmm. as a viewer and as somebody who is a co-host on a show that receives a lot of email and a lot of tweets about things and stuff like that. I I feel like there are times that I have to temper what I feel is appropriate and what I feel is funny because I I don't want it to be a situation in which I'm saying something that's offensive or perpetuating something that's offensive or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird place to be in as a drag race fan. It's a weird time. It's a weird time where you have to walk the line of being honest to your opinions, but also being careful because everyone seems to be hard pressed about uh, things. Uh, okay, moving on. Um, now, you know, there. What did you think about the part where Scarlett goes like, "Oh my god, I have all these lines," and Kahana has no lines. And you already talked about this a little bit, but then she's like, "Don't worry." I kind of felt that it was like now that she had because you know that if Scarlett only got two lines, she wouldn't be feeling that way. She would be like in the background, like <laughs> you know, like yeah. It sort of reminds me almost not to play like Dragula music, but sort of like it would be like if Silky was like uh, Scarlett, you only have two lines. It would be like they don't know who they're messing with. <laughs> two lines. <laughs> I'm the Meryl Streep. Of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. I'm going to put anthrax in Silky's makeup. And you're, Wait, what? <laughs> uh, anyway, well, go ahead. Part of the issue with that was in the beginning, she was mad because she felt she was being under underappreciated and um, underestimated mm-hmm. when she was picked last. So then Silky gives her the biggest role and then immediately she goes to the place where she's like, is she trying to manipulate me? Yeah. Is she trying to sabotage me? <laughs> no. It's like, girl, make up your mind. No, actually, I thought it was brilliant casting on Silky's part is flipping the script on Get Out and putting instead of the black guy with the, all the white people, the mm-hmm. one white girl in the role of the black guy and everyone else is the people of color. It was a brilliant casting move, to be honest with you. Um, okay, um, moving on. Um, okay, RuPaul does the table visits. Uh, let's talk about this. Well, first, you know, when you're doing the table, but before we get to the the silky thing, I want to talk about something. And people might not know this because Honey Davenport has turned out to be the candy hoe, uh, as people are calling it, of the season. That you're not seeing Honey Davenport at all. That she doesn't play any part in any storylines. She's in no confessionals. She's invisible, right? I forgot she was there until you just said her name. Yes. And the only reason I remember her is because she's friends with somebody that we know. And what's funny is because she's friends with somebody we know, I know a little bit of her background. And I also did the Meet the Queens for the rumor mill. And we did it here. Is RuPaul asks Brooke, how did you assign the roles? And Brooke says, oh, I assign them based on people's you know experience and skill level. Okay. That makes no sense. Because one of the smallest roles went to Honey Davenport. And the one thing you can say about Honey Davenport is she has legit acting credits. Like, literally has performed on Broadway. 
She has a career outside of drag as a theater performer, has been in touring companies of big Broadway shows, has performed on Broadway, and they gave her one of the tiniest roles. She's a guard in the thing. They should have. Is that who that was? Yes. They should have. I didn't know who that was. No, that was Honey. They should have switched her with Raja, who couldn't do her line. And I, well, I have I have a lot to say about that, too, though. I think there's a little bit of chicanery going on there. But, um,. <laughs> But I just wanted to I wanted to call Brooke out for that because Honey has the most experience in professional theater than anybody in that room, you know, and she got a cast as a guard. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the part where Rue they they you know Ariel leaves the charge, telling on Silky to Rue. What were your thoughts on that, Taylor? I thought it was I that seems like something from the little bit I know about Ariel mm-hmm. from last week of, are you an entertainer? Are you just a blogger? Yeah. You know, as much as she is talking about silky trying to get camera time, I think this was Ariel's way of getting a little bit of camera time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's something a, not to sound ageist, but it's something a 26 year old would do where they wouldn't think about the ramifications of possibly that coming back and biting her in the ass later. Like it did when they were all getting ready for makeup. But do you think the one thing I'll give Ariel is she owned up to it and very quickly. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I think she owned up to it thinking that the rest of her sisters oh. would all say, we all talked about it. And they sort of left her where she had nothing but the sound of crickets behind her, mm-hmm. which was shitty on everybody else's part. Yeah. You know, but I I think that it's it makes sense just because they showed so much of her last week rolling her eyes and going, oh, my God, she's so loud. She's so obnoxious. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that she would be the one to say something, Mm -hmm. you know, but there also is be careful what you know, be careful what you tell Rue, because it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. And so what did you think of that? Her immediately going over and telling them that listen, what the other team is saying about you, Silky. Well, and it was one of those where when she said that, everybody kind of laughed and Ariel sort of laughed, but laughed nervously. Mm-hmm. If you watch the video again, mm-hmm. she sort of had a look at her face like, ah, you know, mm-hmm. um, it makes sense. Rue would do something like that. Rue, Rue needs drama. Drama mm-hmm. sells ad time. Yeah. And she figured, oh, you're you're handing me a gold mine right now of mm-hmm. possible fighting, something that could be at least a couple of episodes. Of course, I'm going to go over. I'm going to start shit. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, all right. So here's my question to you. Do you think like I do that RuPaul is just completely head over heels in love with Silky Ganache as the television she's bringing and that by telling on Silky, I like how they were telling Ru like, Ru, you don't know this, but she picked up Miley and this bitch RuPaul knows RuPaul saw it all. Yeah. You know, she saw the monitor. Yeah. She saw every she saw the, you know, the dailies if they have dailies on that show. She knows what happened. The producers told her. She's like, "What? Oh my goodness." But then when Silky's talking about it, "Oh my god, you can tell RuPaul is so amused by Silky is not going anywhere unless no, she that, really that was up. apparent with everything Silky was saying, the big laughs that she was getting from RuPaul. Mm-hmm. She short of her completely fucking up at some point over the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. she pretty much said to her, girl, you're going on Snatch Game at the very least. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Silky's going on Snatch Game. Because you, you just so, want to see who she's going to do. Oh, I have no idea who she would do. Hmm. Precious. 
I don't know what she's going to do. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Here we go. During the filming with Ross and Michelle, Team Brooke sees their team leader struggling with a corny line about Beyonce. Ariel can't stop saying girl. Plastique amuses the judges, and Raja can't deliver her lines. Meanwhile, on Team Silky, Vanjie just can't stop being herself. Mercedes and Kahana struggle with their opulence. Opulence. You earn everything. And Silky keeps flubbing her lines, which might be a metaphor. Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts on the on the filming segment with Ross and Michelle? Well, and as I said before, Ross and Michelle directing, they definitely seem to have more fun when it's the two of them. Mm-hmm. Especially with this, where when people were screwing up, they were kind of, or especially with when Vanjie was was saying things, they would look at each other and just start laughing. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of times Michelle had to stop herself from laughing. That's fun to watch. That's yeah. kind of the equivalent of. Half of the reason why the Carol Burnett show was so funny back in the 70s, it wasn't so much that the skits were funny. It was watching them screw up mm-hmm. and also watching that when they would say things, the queens were all laughing, too. Mm-hmm. At one, especially during that section of where when she said a little less cookie monster and then they all started laughing and she went, OK, more cookie monster, more cookie monster. Yeah, um, I think that. It also is where, though, it seemed to get a little old by the end. Michelle was like, I'm done. Come on. We can't keep laughing through this. Yeah. We're going to do one more time. We're going to get over it. Um, I've seen on Reddit that there are definite comparisons to Cameron Michaels with the Breast World skit. Oh, okay. With that whole kind of harried, even with this sort of shag care look and just like not really not really acting really well. You kind of stay at one line, the stun, stay at one level the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um I, the, the the Black Panther one was really bad. Just about everybody in that was really bad. Uh, yeah, they seem to be struggling. Um, you know, uh, I I am gonna call a little bit of bullshit on the Raja can't deliver her lines because they did a take when they were early on in this segment when they when they were kind of showing a a positive hero edit for Plastique. They show Raja deliver the line. She delivers it just fine. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that they cut it to make it seem like she did. She just. They, by the way, I don't think they used the line in the final cut, did they? I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, they did. Um, yeah. But uh, the but it, when she did it, when Plastique was doing her thing, she was Raja delivered the line just fine. Um, and also, I don't know why they were giving Vanjie that direction. I thought the way Vanjie was doing it originally was so funny. You know. Yeah. So I. I, I there's something funny about Vanjie. There's something funny about not acting well. That's the thing is like, even with, to be honest with you, Ariel Versace saying girl all the time, wasn't that big of a deal. Like, oh, I disagree with that. Oh, really? It got on my nerves. Oh, but did it get on your nerves because they were telling you she got on your nerves? No, because I thought before she said, you're saying girl a lot. I said to Babalu, how many times is she going to say girl? And I don't get why they're all looking at the camera rather than looking at each other when they're acting. You talked about bad acting being kind of fun to watch. Mm -hmm. No, you have to have a couple of good actors in there to sort of balance that out. Mm -hmm. And the fact that everybody across the board was below par as Mm -hmm. far as acting made it made it difficult to watch. All right. I hate the acting challenges. I really, really hate the acting challenges. (laughs) It's elimination day and the girls are getting ready for the runway. As the girls get ready, Evie oddly stirs the pot and pokes Silky into wondering out loud who was talking shit about her to RuPaul. It's a little awkward, but Ariel Versace fesses up while the other girls stay silent. The drama is a little tepid. That is, until... 
Evie chastises the other members of the team for not stepping up, and Raja O'Hara steps up and has word with Evie. It's not exactly clear, it's not exactly clear why, but it did make for an interesting fight. Then the show takes a hard left and focuses on the sad story of Mercedes Iman Diamond and her struggles as an immigrant in this country. Her placement on the no-fly list and her sadness over a stroke she had from all the stress. Taylor, your thoughts on this Elimination Day? Okay. I guess part of my issue with this episode and my issue with Untucked is that they seemed particularly poorly edited. Mm-hmm. That a lot of the discussions and a lot of the arguments on both shows were badly edited. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about how you think you really are kind of following along with, I believe it was the Sharon Fifi fight, the yeah. Party City fight. Mm-hmm. But when you go back and watch the way that's edited, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Is that the one that we've talked no, about? No, no, it's on All Stars One, the fight between Raven and uh, Mimi and First. Mimi, okay, that, I knew, I knew there was one of it was a classic fight yeah. where, where you think you're following along until you actually watch it, and that's the way this fight between Raja and Evie, you get the gist of why they're fighting. Mm -hmm. But when you go back and watch how it goes from zero to 60 in like two seconds, and they're arguing about makeup and they're arguing about all these other different things. It was very like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. And some of the reactions of some of the other Queens in the back in the background, it was just odd. It was almost like they took a 10 minute fight and had to boil it down to 45 seconds. So they just want to get the, the high, the high points. If I may, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, I think what the fight was about was cause I watched, you know, I watched it again as well. And I had already seen the elimination day and didn't understand why they were fighting. I don't think Raja chimed in during the gang up on Silky. And so I think what Raja was offended by was Evie lumping her with the girls who had ganged up on Silky and saying, yeah. like, kind of saying, well, don't put me in, don't say all you, because I didn't say anything. Essentially, yeah. I think that didn't get said in the edit. I think that was poor editing on their part. They, 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 they could have at least had a confessional with Raja explaining that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that was poor editing on their part, but I think that's what the fight started. But then why did it go to makeup and people's makeup? I didn't get that. And also, look, uh, Raja, it happens to be that I pulled this quote. This, why would, like, as much as I'm on Raja's side, I thought Evie was being a little, like, look, the one thing we can say is Silky doesn't need anyone to fight her fights for her. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, why it went to, from, I don't know why. So I was already on Team Raja, but then what does this mean? An ugly girl can never come for a pretty girl. What the fuck does that mean? No, I think that's just bitchiness. Okay. I mean, I agree with you that that sort of was that was a little like, oh, so ugly girls don't get a say in things, but no, I don't. You know, that's just not so. So then, so then we go from that into the. Um, Mercedes and her issues with the no-fly zone Mm -hmm. and also having a stroke. And I felt that discussion was very shades of acid Betty. How so? In her season. Where during mirror moments, we used to joke about whenever she would say something, acid Betty would go, oh my God! Like where she would have this big dramatic, (laughs) you know, like you know, you were fat. I was fat too. Kind of, kind of thing of where anytime they said she had to have this like reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Um, what Mercedes said was sad, mm-hmm. and I don't wish her medical issues on anybody. Mm-hmm. When she started, to I wish cry, them on Donald Trump. What? I wish them on Donald Trump. Oh, I don't wish them on anybody. Not even Donald I, Trump. You don't. Okay, I will say this. I wish uh, Genie, Genie in the sky. 
I my wish is that Donald Trump gets a massive Luke Perry style stroke. Okay. Um. So the point I'm trying to make is mm-hmm. that when she started to tear up, like seven of them jumped on her <laughs> to hug her, mm-hmm. and there was something about that you would ha- hope they want to support her, but it felt very. I have to be the one to hug her for the camera. It didn't feel genuine. Why did God have to take Luke Perry? Who would you have rather got to? Actually, I don't want to answer. I don't don't answer that question. I don't want. Why did God? I don't know. It's very sad. Anytime anybody dies, it's sad for somebody. Um, but I I I don't know that that's that's uh, that makes me feel old, just because that's somebody that we watched when we were kids. Everybody watched everybody our ages watched at least one episode of 90210. If not during its original air airing, you watched it on FX or something on a random day when you're off for work. So the fact that Luke Perry is gone is is sad. Yeah. Because it may, it reminds us of our youth. And it reminds us that we don't have our youth anymore. We're just careening towards death. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, I want to say a couple of things. Uh, one, you know, on the main stage, Mercedes had a trouble understanding sometimes. And what's what it reminded me of, and I don't think they understood this in the show, is sometimes strokes can have effects that don't necessarily make themselves readily apparent. I remember I knew someone who had had a stroke, right? A really bad stroke. And he recovered. But you would never know by looking at him. He didn't have a, he, you know, his face didn't droop. His speech was fine. He walked fine. He looked like the picture of health. But, mm-hmm. and this is one of my favorite stories. I've I've often, this is one of the stories that tell at parties, you know, is <laughs> he uh, lost, what died in his brain was the part to censor himself, almost like liar, liar. Mm-hmm. So uh, I probably shouldn't be saying this. He was he and I were in, in in a similar situation where we would share a lot. I'll say that. Okay. okay, you pick up what I'm saying. Yeah, and I remember like if if someone else shared, you know, if it, like you know sometimes people share and it's clear their line, you know. Mm-hmm. So like let's say for instance someone goes like, uh, oh my god, I only date hot guys. He would say. And, and being totally nice about it, he would say, why? You're, you're completely fat and ugly. And, <laughs> and it was something we just had to learn to deal with. And so anyway, one day uh, – So he was Sophia Petrillo? Yes, yes. He was Sophia Petrillo, yes. Okay. So one day he came in with his partner, okay, and mm-hmm. to the group. He joined the group with his partner. He was there only to tell us he would no longer be coming to the group. Now, I know the obvious question, because this always comes up whenever I tell the story, is why did this event that I'm going to tell you about mean he couldn't come to the group? I don't know. Okay? But he was telling us he couldn't come to the group anymore because and the partner was almost there like, tell him, tell him, tell him what you did. Right? And his husband, his husband's father had died. Okay, and I guess the husband's parents were very not accepting of their love. And he, this guy, his name was Johnny. Johnny wasn't allowed to come over to the house, like was, couldn't come to family events, like very much ostracized from the family because they couldn't accept the gayness, right? Uh-huh. So the father dies and obviously the son's going to go to his father's funeral and obviously his husband is going to go too. And uh, so... You know, the husband's with his sitting with his immediate family and, the, and Johnny's in the back. And the priest 
says some words, and he says, does anybody have any words they'd like to say? Oh, God. Johnny marches up to the altar and talks about what a horrible human being <laughs> the it's dad was. Sorry. No, it gets better. Talks about what a horrible human being the dad was, how he's glad he's dead, and how the family never accepted him. So the priest, you know, goes over and starts to wrestle the microphone away from him. And they're wrestling on the altar. Someone calls the police. Oh, no. So then the police come. Well, the police are already there, actually. It's one of the motorcycles, the funeral cops, right? But the police Uh come. And so, you know, they 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 uh, they they take Johnny into custody, and the the husband you know, runs outside, and he's like, "Listen, he had a stroke. This is why." He, and as the as the husband is talking to the cop, <laughs> as the husband is talking to the cops about what happened, explaining the situation, Johnny gets on one of the motorcycles for the motorcycle, you know, the funeral p- cops, and drives away. <laughs> and. <laughs> And the <laughs> and then the cops had to chase him on like the funeral <laughs> at oh, his no. dad's funeral. And so because of that, jo- I don't know why Johnny wasn't allowed to come to our group anymore. But uh, that's the last I ever saw of Johnny. I've I've always wanted to do like a This American Life story about him or what. But uh, uh, I've been always obsessed with him. But yeah, he had had a stroke and he had become Sofia Petrillo. So maybe <laughs> it had some sort of even though we can't see it. Some sort of effect where she has trouble processing things very quickly, you know, because it seems like she didn't understand a lot of times. Uh, but she clearly speaks English. Yeah. All kind right. Speaking, wait, wait. Uh, I have a question for you yeah. that's related to you, you brought up Luke Perry, so I'm going to bring up something that's happening right now. Yeah. Have you seen the interview that Robin Roberts did with Selma Blair? No. With her multiple sclerosis, no. it's terrifying. It's, ter- it's terrifying just because – it's terrifying and it's also inspiring all at the same time mm-hmm. just because you know Selma Blair from so many TV shows and stuff like that. And I, I watched the interview and just the difficulty she has controlling her body and controlling her voice and everything. Oh, already now. and everything? Yeah. Well, she has flare-ups apparently. And you can mm-hmm. see it over the – I'm sure they interviewed her over several hours and there's times that she's speaking – the way kind of you would sort of expect her to, but as she becomes more animated and stuff, she kind of gets that – those waves in her voice and it's it's – you feel for her. I mean, Selma Blair has never necessarily been one of my favorite actresses, but you don't wish that on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and just hopefully she would, they, they said, I wasn't sure if I should do this interview or not, but her doctor said, this will help bring light to this disease and what this disease looks like and everything. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Michael J. Fox with Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. And now he has some other problem now too. Michael J. Fox does. Yeah. I saw that in the news. Yeah. All right. Um, well, if you enjoy this show, you may want to think about it supporting it to help us keep the lights on. How can you do this, you might ask? Well, we have a page over at patreon.com slash drag race recap. There, if you sign up at the $3 Eat It level, you receive a brand new podcast in your own personal feed six out of seven days of the week. Sometimes seven, actually. On top of that, you get access to live recordings and bonus content. For instance, this episode you're listening to now is actually about 15 minutes longer for our Patreon supporters. Not only that, they get the episode commercial free so what are you waiting for head on over to patreon.com slash drag race recap and sign up at the three dollar level to get all this and more that's patreon.com slash drag race recap all right why don't we take a break right now we'll be back right after this
right, and we're back. Taylor. Yes. Are you ready for the looks? Yeah. <laughs> Category is what's your sign? Okay, so first up we have Brooklyn Heights, who was a Pisces, mm-hmm. and she looked amazing. She had on a dress that was blue with two koi kind of wrapped around it, which was an okay dress. The interesting part of it was the plastic that sort of looked like splashes of water mm-hmm. that made a um that she had, I believe, on her chest, and she had sort of as a neck piece. And I believe she was wearing a fascinator that sort of looked like it was something splashing. Mm-hmm. That look, that part of the look was amazing. I really liked that. That would definitely be a toot for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you know, I actually really liked it. Even on the second view, I'm like, I really, really like this. I think the only thing that kind of put her in the middle towards the bottom was her performance in the acting challenge. But yeah, the uh, outfit, I liked it. It's a toot. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next up is Plastique Tiara, who was Aries. And she had a look that was gold and black inspired with some sort of horns that reminded me of Maleficent on top, a mm-hmm. uh, platinum blonde wig. I know there had been concern that she was always going to have the same silhouette. She definitely did not this time. Very mm-hmm. glammed up. I thought she yeah. looked great. This was definitely a toot for me as well. Um, I don't know if I like it that much. I don't like those kinds of colors. I don't like black and gold and I don't know. I just didn't like it. I, I'm going to give it a boot. But I, I I can see that the construction of it was really good. So I'll, I'll say that. Uh, it's like a half toot and half boot for me. I appreciate the effort. Not necessarily my aesthetic. Okay. Scrubbing to the next one that was in the top or the, the tops and bottoms. Okay, so next up was Ariel Versace, who also was Aries. She was in a purple furry outfit with, mm-hmm. uh, again, with horns and had a little nose, uh, little nose uh, makeup on. I thought this was not a good look. It was not flattering at all. Mm-hmm. Ariel is definitely a very um, tiny person, and I thought this just made her look enormous. Mm-hmm. I gave this look a boot. Uh, all right, I totally get why you'd give it a boot. Um, I, it looks like Jersey is like very Jersey mm-hmm. doing this challenge. Um, I I do appreciate kind of the craftsmanship, but you're right. I'm gonna give it a boot as well. It okay. looks very bulky. Someone yeah, said in the it's, it's, it's too bulky. That. It's not flattering on her yeah. at all. Yeah. So next up is Edie Oddly. Edie Oddly came out for Leo the Lion, sort of a cyber lion, mm-hmm. uh, combining. Combining uh, scary makeup and and computer pieces and mm-hmm. the gray paint that she smeared on her face that Raja brought up, mm-hmm. I didn't like this look initially, but the more I looked at it, the more I actually really liked it. And mm-hmm. I guess she's taken photos with the full cost with the full makeup and everything um, since the show that mm-hmm. she's using as promo pieces that look even look fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. So this look is definitely a toot for me. All right, very good. I'll give it a toot as well. Okay. I'm sorry. It's, I'm scrubbing through this as much as I have. Next, we have Mercedes Iman, who is Sagittarius, who I was excited to see because I am a Sagittarius. Oh, are you? However, yes. December 5th is my birthday. However, this look is just not... It's very boring, very very Halloween costume. I'm trying to be some sort of cavewoman archer. 
And also, look like she'd never hold a bow, held, or even knew what a bow and arrow was. Yeah, she didn't seem to really know what she was doing with it. So, yeah. which they commented on in the in the uh, in the what do you call it? Commented on in the critiques, deliberations, critiques. Sorry. So, just not not a good look to uh, boot. Okay, very good. All right, and then we have Kahana Montrese who I, the first time I saw this when she first came out, I thought it was pretty. Mm-hmm. And the more I looked at it, especially after watching where she ripped off her skirt, I realized right. what a big old mess this was. Mm-hmm. Everything from the shake and go wig mm-hmm. to the just the, the the style of the top, which as we saw when she was lip syncing, there was mm-hmm. just nipples for days yeah. to the weird glitter on her chest that looked like chest hair. Yeah. Just just not good. Not I guess the best word to describe this would be unpolished. Mm-hmm. A very, very unpolished look. Yeah. Toot for me as well. I mean, sorry, boot for me as well. Okay. And is that everybody? Or do we well, I want to do some special stuff? mentions. What did you think of Silky Nutmeg Ganache? So, okay. And that's kind of what I had thought about earlier was that I found the look, the safe looks, mm-hmm. the safe queens had more interesting looks than the queens that were top and bottom this week. Mm-hmm. Um, both positive and negative. I thought Silky's was not flattering at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't get what she was trying to accomplish with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess there's ways that you can hide a myriad of sins. And she just sort of had everything out there for the world to see. It looked like so they invited Nell Carter to do the Star Wars Christmas special. Okay. <laughs> okay. You get Nell Carter. I decided she looks like Shirley Hempel okay, from what's yes, happening. Yes, She's right. very, if you look at pictures of Shirley Hempel, it yeah. looks like Silky, especially when she has on the wool hat and the glasses and confessionals. She looks like Shirley from what's happening. Mm-hmm. So that's, but yeah, not a good look. I loved Vanjie's look, the Libra with yes, the scales. That's the other one I, I wanted to talk about. Was, yeah. I thought that was beautiful. Um, and then, I guess we've seen two weeks in a row now for somebody that's supposed to be a legend. Mm-hmm. Nina West's looks are not strong. No, they're not at all. That that lion look was not good at all. Um, on the tops and the bottoms, though, we have Scarlet, who came out with Pisces, who was in very light pale blues and whites, um, kind of having a fish theme. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea of the bubbles. If you're going to do something like that, incorporate it into the costume somehow mm-hmm. or incorporate it because you don't have a lime green and neon mm-hmm. blue bottle mm-hmm. that distract where we're holding the bubble guns. Mm-hmm. Do it in a way that it, whether you do something where it comes through the gloves or you do you you decorate the, the bottles in seashells mm-hmm. or you do something that incorporates it rather than I picked up these two bubble guns at the dollar store because I thought it'd be a good idea at the last yeah. minute. I, yeah, I didn't so. know why they were so over the moon about the bubble guns. I was like, mm. well, because I guess because it's something different, but mm-hmm. it just didn't seem. It, 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 I'm looking at the video now, and they're distracting. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely distracting. All right, very good. That all, Taylor. That's the looks. Those are the looks. All right. Well, then let's actually talk now about uh, the the actual acting challenges. Your thoughts, just in general, on Good God Girl Get Out first. Uh, between the two, as I said, I thought it was the better of the two. Mm-hmm. Not by much. Um, Evie was fun to watch in the beginning with the big maniacal laugh. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I thought the 
So, some of it, it wasn't quite as bad as I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. I, I've i never seen Get Out, so I don't understand the Oh, DMV. you've never seen Get Out? Oh, that could be no. part of the problem. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I know I know the gist of it, and I know it has to do with hypnosis, and I, I know that part of it. And I actually thought there were parts, even though they were showing Silky having a hard time with that one sentence at the end, mm-hmm. that I thought Silky was actually pretty good in the acting challenge. Yeah, no, no, no. I thought actually Good God Girl Get Out was pretty good across the board, to be honest with you. In terms of the acting challenges that they've had, like compare it to Sex in the City from All Stars 4. Oh mm-hmm. my God. I mean, I mean, Good God Girl Get Out was probably one of the stronger written acting challenges that they've had, or one of the strongest written acting challenges they've had uh, in recent memory that I can remember. So, and I thought Scarlett deserved to, out of all the actors, I thought Scarlett was the best one. Mm-hmm. Again, that's not saying much, but she was one of the better ones all right what about why i gotta be black panther everything about that was horrible <laughs> it was not good i will say sugar was pretty good as um maxine waters um but other than that everything about it was horrible 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 not funny the script wasn't funny the people in it weren't good it was not good f yeah f absolutely f's 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 across the board yeah whereas good god good god girl get out with a b to me at least uh i'd give it a C. Oh, really? All a right. generous C. On the main stage, RuPaul immediately sends half the girls to the Untuck Lounge. Four of the girls receive praise, while four of the girls are criticized for their performances on the runway, acting challenge, or both. In the end, both Scarlet Envy and Evie Oddly are named the winners of the challenge, while Mercedes Iman Diamond and Kahana Montrese are placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives that includes flips, somersaults, and wig reveals, Mercedes was told, Shantae, you stay, while Kahana Montrese was asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? The the first time I watched the lip-sync, I was impressed with Mercedes, and I've watched it twice since then, and it's really just kind of okay. Um, Kahana's is hard to watch because Kahana looks like somebody that is desperate to stay on the show. Yes. Where it's, I mean, we are flailing at mm-hmm. certain parts of that. And I mean, uh, uh, impressive to do the, the flip that comes into a complete stop when she lands on her heels. That was impressive, but just, it was just a big old mess. Um, so, so this isn't going to go down as one of my all time favorite lip syncs i thought mercedes there was something interesting about once she took off the wig mm-hmm. it changed it's almost like it changed her confidence level mm-hmm. so that was enjoyable to watch that just kind of watching her face mm-hmm. but and she also sort of did the naomi smalls backwards you know leaning backwards stretch mm-hmm. at which i guess if they filmed this did they say film all-stars first or did they film they filmed this before all-stars Okay, so this was kind of a, you know, she did this before Naomi did it. Yeah. That was that was interesting to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the thing that I was most excited about at the end of the show was when they showed the scenes for next week's episode where it looks like Rue reads the girls to filth. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, that there's I, I'm not going to get into it, but there's rumors about what happens. Yeah, well, I know you've talked about the rumors. I've heard you talk about the rumors. And if the rumors are true, I'm hoping that lights a fire under some pussies and we get we get a better quality season mm-hmm. all right very good i have no final thoughts i think i've I'm looking over all my notes and i think i really i mean there really wasn't much to this episode apart you know from sorry obvious things but um i think we, we we touched on it all taylor it was nice doing a show with you 
It was nice doing a show with you, too. Yeah, there's a new schedule now. Uh, all right. Well, where is the conclusion, actually? Here it is. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. So, for Taylor Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Drag Race Recap. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Drag Race Recap. For bonus content and to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Drag Race Recap. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Twitter and Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. To find all of our old episodes, visit our website at DragRaceRecap.com. You can also find other Afterthought Media shows like Hello Uglies at HelloUglies.com and Catching Up at CatchingUpPodcast.com. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media production. All right. Oh, <laughs> At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.